Hi, I'm Hank Thornburg, an upstart farmer in Suffolk, Virginia, and you're listening to Upstart Farmers Radio. Welcome to Upstart Farmers Radio, the podcast for farmers looking to make an impact and a living. Today, Nate and I are joined by another member of the Bright Agro Tech team, Chris Michael. How's it going today, Chris? Hey guys, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. So, Nate and Chris, more and more upstart farmers are using crowdfunding to jumpstart their farms. Bright Agrotech ran a successful Kickstarter campaign not too long ago, so can you guys tell us a little more about it? Yeah, so uh, we had a product, let's see, the spring system, what was it, two years ago now? And we were fairly capital constrained at the time, but we really wanted to develop this product. So we basically decided that crowdfunding it was the way to go. And um, crowdfunding is essentially where you're using a crowdfunding website. This is basically a site that lets you host your project, explain what it's about, and um, really sell the idea to people. And then you can collect funds um, from them for different rewards and uh, use that to fund either your manufacturing or if you're starting a farm, your farm startup costs. And uh, yeah, basically get the project going uh, using this it's not really a donation. It's kind of uh, they're purchasing a reward of sorts. Yeah, it's definitely not a donation. Definitely that's not a sure. donation. <laughs> um, well, some some of them structure it in a way that's kind of a donation, but what we found is that those aren't very successful. So right. having rewards is really important. The, the end result is that they're able to fund their project with the funding that they raise through this uh, basically this program. Right. So basically, it allows you to take your idea, your vision of what the you know the end goal of your project could be and fund it through a series of small investments through a big crowd. So, um, you know, just taking that ability to raise funds on a small level and scaling it through, you know, digital media basically, which allows you to get a lot more exposure. It's a pretty effective tool if you can do it correctly. So why is this an important funding source for upstart farmers? So I think it's a really interesting funding source for upstart farmers for a few reasons. The first is that crowdfunding allows upstart farmers to broadcast their vision for a brighter, you know, future and a better, higher quality, more transparent product in a way that mobilizes an interesting audience and offers them a chance to take part in bringing that vision to life. Um, The second part of why crowdfunding is an interesting funding source is just the power of the pre-launch process itself. If a farmer is sincere you know, in their crowdfunding efforts and puts in the time and energy prior to launching their campaign like they should, they're essentially performing a really valuable branding exercise for, their sel- for themselves and their farm. You know, They get to dig into the why behind why they're hoping to reach their funding goal, the why behind why they're doing what they're doing, and why their farm even exists. This is essentially the beginning of a brand strategy, something that farmers especially often overlook when they're doing their business planning. Um, So in that regard, you know, the process of crowdfunding, not just the financial side of things, is valuable from a marketing perspective because it gives the farmer a chance to genuinely understand their brand. And as the movement grows, I think we'll see more and more people recognizing the Upstart Farmers logo as the symbol of high quality, transparent, innovative local food and as the movement grows i hope we'll see more and more 
you know, existing upstart farmers start leveraging this as a source of legitimacy and wearing it on their crowdfunding campaigns like a badge of honor. So Nate started to touch on this when he talked about how much marketing a crowdfunding campaign needs, but how do upstart farmers implement a crowdfunding campaign? You know, what elements do they need? How do they start? Right. So the first thing they have to do is get clear. They have to get clear on their goals first, right? So they have to kind of recognize and do some soul searching as like, what what level of growing are they in? You know, do they have to build an entire greenhouse or do they already have a greenhouse built where all they have to do is raise the money for a, an expansion? Um, so they just kind of have to understand what initial investment they need and then create some goals around that. Um, and then just making that vision as clear as possible. So getting that clear in their head first before they try to broadcast it out to the, the crowdfunding marketplace. And then they need to pick up or pick out what platform they're interested in using. So a lot of people, you know, use Kickstarter. They've raised I don't even know how many millions of dollars for people doing crowdfunding campaigns. That's obviously the most um, the most popular. There are other ones like Indiegogo, where you can actually get all the funds no matter what. So if if you on Kickstarter, if you raise the funds, if you set a pledge amount, um, you'll only get the funds if you have a successful campaign. That's not the case on Indiegogo. Indiegogo, you can actually get um, funded with as much as you've actually raised or as much as people have pledged to donate. And then there are other ones that are specific to farmers. So a couple of these are like Harvest Funders and uh, Barn Raiser. And then there are a lot of local ones too. All of these though, just keep in mind that um, it's not a free thing. So you, you're going to pay for access to the platform through usually some type of percentage fee when your project is actually funded. With Kickstarter, for example, like I think it's 5% of your actual um, funded amount goes to Kickstarter. So it's kind of the cost of doing business um, for the most part there. I always say that Kickstarter is a great way to uh, raise money and a terrible way to make it. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's just it's structured in a way that is great for, you know, raising initial capital. But, you know, if you're looking to make money on things, if you're looking to walk away with a profit, it's probably not going to happen. No, definitely not. And then... It, it's worth having some reserve funding too. I mean, uh, overestimating what you'll need to actually get started because a lot of people find out that their costs are much higher than they anticipated once right. they get it, it finished. That's huge too because you know as soon as you start creating those rewards and shipping them out the door, you know you could be in the you could be in the red by the time that's over. So yeah, getting shipping a little costs bonus is not too bad of an idea. Labor costs of packaging things, tape. Yeah. I mean, you boxes name it. exactly. Yeah. So the last few things I'll include here are just knowing who your crowd actually is, developing your pre-launch network, and setting up some really intriguing rewards. So as the name implies, crowdfunding revolves around a project creator being able to communicate a common vision that gets people interested and excited enough to want to help to bring that vision to life with a financial contribution. So once you have a goal in your head, you can start to identify who's the target market for your crowdfunding campaign, just like you would a target market for your actual farm. Uh, if you're running a locally based campaign, as most upstart farmers will be doing, you're, you know, you're only selling produce and distributing produce locally, so make sure you've identified people in your community who might benefit from you building and operating a thriving farm. So these are the people you're going to be targeting throughout the campaign and asking for help. So make sure you have an idea of who they are and how you can actually approach them. As part of this, you want to start putting together a pre-launch network, which is just a combination of early supporters, media, and anyone else who has pre-committed to helping you amplify your project's reach however they can. 
Um, that means instead of hitting launch and going to find potential supporters or people to help you expand your reach, you're doing the prep work way ahead of time by forming relationships early and getting people to commit to helping you succeed, whether that be through an early pledge or just a well-timed write-up in the local paper. You can safely say that all your friends, family, uh, friends of friends, all those types of people will be in your pre-launch network to help you spread the word, but you also need to be thinking and reaching out to various bloggers, news media, local businesses and organizations, and of course your current and future customers. So having an, a, just a solid Excel sheet full of your pre-launch network will reduce a lot of the stress typically associated with crowdfunding by having it all kind of organized in one place. You'll know who to activate when the time comes. Hopefully you've already also started building an email list from your website or from a sign-up form at the local farmer's market so you can alert them when the campaign launches. All of these things are really key to making the campaign as successful and as stress-free as possible. So when it comes to rewards, you want to be thinking value for value. Um, Rewards-based crowdfunding is not a donation. However many people want to believe that for some reason, it's just not the case. Your rewards are what draws people in, it's what motivates them to support the project, and they should ideally you know, not cost you more than what your supporter is actually pledging, otherwise you'll go broke at the end of your campaign pretty quick and lose a lot of trust in the process. So when you're thinking about rewards, start thinking about how they can be a utility to your supporter. Um, a standalone but meaningful reward to intrigue them and inspire them to support the campaign. So then after farmers launch their campaign page, uh, what comes next? What do they have to do while this is running? So during the campaign, you have to stay as active and agile, knowing that you only have about 30 days or however long your campaign is to figure out how you can get your farm funded. There's a lot of pressure here, uh, but hopefully you put in the 80% of the effort before you launched so you won't lose too much sleep. Uh, the first thing you have to do is make sure that your pre-launch network has been activated and that just means you've sent out the personal emails or phone calls to alert them all that the campaign is live. They can now go in and do their part of spreading the word for you or supporting it financially. From here it all comes down to promoting your project whether that's through phone calls, emails, or reaching out directly to your potential supporters. The other great way to promote your campaign is through social media. Hopefully, before you've launched your campaign, you're already starting to develop your platforms on things like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, whichever one is most appropriate for your business, and now you can start to promote your campaign on those platforms. Just keep in mind that over-promoting is a great excuse for people to stop following you. One of the biggest mistakes people make on social media, especially small businesses, is just to be constantly promoting and never engaging. Social media isn't just a digital billboard for your business. It's a platform that encourages you to give and take, right? Be active and engage with your fans and community. So, you know, during your campaign, use social media effectively, but just make sure you're not over-promoting. And then the other thing you want to do during your campaign is just to be sure you're thanking supporters as they come in and make sure you're keeping them and the rest of your community engaged with updates on how the campaign is going and how things are going at your farm too if you're in the building process or if you're already, you know, if you're already growing. Show them kind of behind the scenes and continue to encourage them to share the campaign with their friends. Um, people really like that transparency and they don't mind sharing if it's something that they can get behind. Finally, it's just important to stay agile and be ready for anything during the campaign. You never know what opportunities for interviews or different write-ups or different partnerships will come your way, so just be ready and be open to it all. 
And so finally, what resources uh, might help farmers successfully fund a campaign? Yeah, there's some really great resources out there on crowdfunding, one of which is a post I wrote recently talking about this iceberg approach to crowdfunding where I discuss um, why you need to be investing about 80% of your time in the pre-launch process to really ensure that you can sleep better throughout the entire campaign. Um, I know that also Kickstarter has some great video tutorials and planning materials, but I would actually check out some of the resources the folks at BarnRaiser have. I know they tried to put together a whole suite of different planning materials, including checklists for filming your, your, your project video, um, how to use social media as effectively as possible, and just a general but really robust campaign planning guide they sent over to us that walks you through you know, just about everything you can think of from defining your objectives to building and engaging your community. The other really helpful thing to do if you're thinking about crowdfunding is to go on Kickstarter and BarnRaiser and some of these other platforms and start looking through you know, some of these other campaigns that might be similar to yours. Start doing research on how they shot their videos, what they set their goals at, you know, what kind of rewards that they've, they used, and a bunch of other stuff that could really help you before you even decide to launch. You can really learn a lot and you can find out some really unique ideas that you might be able to borrow for your own campaign. And finally, if folks are interested in learning a few tips for success, they can, they can go on and watch our recent webinar we did with Marie Sales of BarnRaiser. Um, there's just a ton of value in this 50-minute webinar. So if you're serious about crowdfunding as a way to potentially you know, fund your farm, I would highly recommend watching that one. So just as Chris said, speaking of resources and other successful farm Kickstarter projects here, we're going to hear from Paul Meyer next. Meyer is an upstart farmer in Powhatan, Virginia, just outside of Richmond, Virginia, and he's recently gotten some exciting news. His Kickstarter campaign was funded 12 hours early. Congratulations, Paul. Yeah, thanks. So will you tell us a little more about your farm and a little more about this campaign? Sure. My farm's called the Virginia Vegetable Company, and um, it's about an acre and a half. And in that acre and a half, around 24,000 square feet, a half acre of chicken coops. They used to house like 20,000 Tyson chickens, and I've been converting them into like just full high tunnels with compost, with zip grows, like hydroponics and deep water culture hydroponics. So what was your goal with the campaign? Uh, my goal was basically um, just to raise enough funds to go towards the plastic. So basically like your six mil plastic that goes over a high tunnel because I'm covering so much square footage that the plastic alone costs like $4,000. It's, it's, it's so much just for the plastic. Awesome. So were you able to hit that goal in your campaign pretty easily or did it take a lot of work? It took a lot of work. So, um, and it was a big learning curve to see, um, what I had to do, but basically in my first 30 days before I launched my campaign, I just, did his research on as many like small farms on Kickstarter because I think depending on what you're you know marketing on Kickstarter is what you're gonna get funded for. But I found that most small farms, ten thousand dollars was ambitious. But basically, I was gonna go for a lower number like five thousand. But I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm just gonna go for it. So I just found that like with small farms, a lot of marketing came into play. So I, I used, you know, I did I advertised as much as I could to get it in front of eyes that like just weren't my friends. And that's one thing I would say for Secret to Success is like, usually you think your friends are going to back you first, but it's, it's not true at all. It's really you have to like market to like a wide range of people. 
You're clearly very enthusiastic about this project, and I thought that really showed through throughout your campaign. I believe you posted at one point that you were even going door to door to get this campaign in front of people. Is that correct? Yep, I went uh, door to door, like throughout the neighborhood, doing flyers. Um, I had my flyers on top of pizza box top, you know, like Papa John's. I had flyers on on those pizza boxes, and then I did like a little bit of marketing with like just messages going to like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, everything. <laughs> I mean, I tried to cover every single base I could possibly. And then um, just like I found a lot of my like, you know, the pledges that came in came from just like my Gmail contact list that was like 12 years old. I just started sending out random emails and it was just like old business partners or projects I worked on. People started, you know, I actually got pledges from people like I haven't spoke to in like five or 10 years, which was kind of interesting. That's amazing. So what was the hardest part about setting up your crowdfunding campaign? I would say it is it is a lot of work. When they say people like start on their Kickstarter, any kind of like crowdfunding, like, you know, months in advance. Like I understood that once I, I mean, I, I did, I, I was working on it like five, eight hours a day, like first 30 days before I launched. So like if you're doing it part time, I could understand like over six months, you're doing a little bit each week. But I would say the hardest thing um, for me, I would say I, my background is video and I had like the worst video. So I tried to be enthusiastic as I could because I, I was doing the video all by myself and I did it like 50 takes because I was doing it straight through. But really trying to figure out what I wanted to say on my Kickstarter, you know, like how it was going to be formatted. And I ended up just like, instead of doing a long video, like an eight or nine minute video with pictures and everything and collages, I, I just like, I just took all my pictures and I put it like in my story section. And then I just did like a three minute video, like trying to keep it as short as possible. So I wouldn't lose a person's, you know, extension span. But I say like trying to keep the video short and to the point, that was like for me the hardest. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to fit in those little videos. And I know from the ones we do here at Bright Agrotech, it is easy to mess them up. <laughs> so then just on the flip side of that, what was the easiest part of the campaign for you? Or was there an easy part? I would say the easiest part also was the video because <laughs> I just spent like three hours taking take after take after take. That was the shortest part of the whole entire campaign. So to be honest, like I wanted to spend like a week on the video, literally a week of taking shots of everywhere. But when I did my video, I had no other B-roll of like when I had like growing plants. So I didn't really want to do a video in front of my farm where everything was like dead and kind of like you know, snowed out and everything. Because I'm not really growing anything really during the winter right now. So I would say the easiest part on the also flip side was the video. It was like, it was hard doing the video, but at the same time, I only did it for three hours. So it was the shortest amount of time on the video taken. So everything else, all the pictures and, and writing up a story actually took more time on that. Actually getting it edited like three or four times before I posted it to like get a person's point of view. It was like, you know, how do you think of this? So the video was the hardest and the easiest because I spent the least amount of time on my video, which is horrible when you're a film student and you have an MBA media. It's pretty bad when like that's the shortest thing you do is actually on your video content. But I just figured like when I saw all their small farms and their videos, some people had like awesome cinematography and everything, but I was like, I don't think that really matters. Either a person's going to pledge or they're not going to pledge. And if you put a video, that's better than no video at all. So that was like the way I looked at it, like trying to be like, really enthusiastic, which made me take like 40 or 50 takes. You know, in video school, they say like, either like you go at it full or you don't at all. So I just figured since it's not gonna be a great quality video, I was just gonna go at it like really quick. 
Absolutely. That's great advice, too, for other upstart farmers on how to delegate their time to these sorts of campaigns. You know, like, just take a video with your phone. It's better than some kind of video than no video. Even if it's just one video of your name, who you are, and what you do, and, like, why you want the funds, like, why they should fund you. So then, did you spend much time researching which crowdfunding platform you wanted to use for this campaign? Many people were like, why don't you go Indiegogo or GoFundMe or something like that? But I was like, I am a company. I'm a limited liability company. So it's like, I figured if I did it, um, I was just going to go Kickstarter because I just understand from a marketing point of view, people know Kickstarter. It's like a brand name. So that's the that's one of the main reasons I went with Kickstarter. Um, they all would have charged me between 5 or 10%, um, the total cost. I just liked uh, the Kickstarter brand and how it looked. I mean, that was really like, there was really no other reason why I went with another one. There was, there's actually a, a new Kickstarter uh, farm one called like Harvest Funders, I believe it's called. And I was talking to them, but they're like still so brand new. In the future, I might use like an actual farm fundraiser. But I mean, again, it's like you're paying for like, you know, your brand and like, and how many people know what it is. So you don't want to have to educate a person. You want them to kind of like understand what it is, but it just depends on what, what you're trying to do. So then what would you recommend outside of all the other great advice that you've already given to upstart farmers who are launching crowdfunding campaigns? Um, just be enthusiastic about your product, whatever it is. And, you know, like they say, like, you know, your what and why is for your crowdfunding, like, you know, why you're doing it and like what reason they should really fund you. But you really like every single day, whatever platform you're going on, you have to be either on the phone or emailing or messaging, you know, and making sure you reply to any comments or any emails. I was like, like a good three hours of every single day throughout the thing. I, I would be on uh, like Facebook, even in Facebook groups, like I would be searching all the different Facebook groups for like different localities of I could, you know, and I'm getting like five or six big pledgers just from, um, asking permission, I would always ask the admin permission before I, I, I posted my Kickstarter video. And with my Kickstarter video, I'd always like have like a little like paragraph of saying, you know, something related to the Facebook group um, and like what I'm doing and why it'd, be, why it'd be relevant to that group. But every comment anywhere, like didn't matter what social media it was, I was always on it and replying so they know like I'm active with it. Because sometimes I do see like a campaign and they just post it that's all they do and there's so much more involved that on kickstarter i saw um, multiple like amounts being pledged that i helped like pledge other farms when i was like doing my pledge and um a lot of people were going for like two hundred dollars five hundred dollars a thousand dollars ten thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars and i found that like the ones that were at least getting pledges they were like actively marketing yeah so i would definitely say no matter what amount you're going for you really have to market yourself and just get it in front of eyes because uh, they say with um, crowdfunding and, and posting a message on Facebook, it's usually only three to 5% of the people that actually see your posts. It's just three to 5% of all your, you know, the network contacts. So you really have to like use a, a messaging service to get it in front of like many eyes on all your Facebook accounts or your LinkedIn. And I, I found that very true. So it sounds like enthusiasm and marketing, interacting with as many people as you possibly can are the two big things that led to your success. It's a full-time job for 30 days. <laughs> I will say that. So now what comes after the campaign? So after the campaign, you wait around two weeks for the funds to be released. And like, I'm right now, I'm actually like in the reward mode. So basically different rewards I did were like, 
Um, the ones I can send right now are like printing out like stickers, t-shirts, simple things like that. I'm going to like start sending out, but, um, I've already like started to like grow and plan and start to seed for, I'm going to do produce boxes. So some of my rewards were actual produce boxes to be delivered. And then I have like a farm lunch coming up that I'm probably gonna have a June and July farm lunch that I had around like 20 or 25 people interested in coming to. The big thing now is like, now you have the pressure to like do what you said you were going to do. So I'm just like prepping everything at my farm. I've been like organizing and cleaning it and getting my roofs like ready to put the new um, plastic on. And my contractor fell through with it, but um, I'm just gonna, I'm doing the plastic myself with volunteers. I'm gonna put the plastic on and uh, that'll save me almost around 1,500 to $2,000 out of my campaign to put towards soil, which is one thing I wanted to do was actually bring in a lot of mushroom compost into just one chicken coop to grow in the soil because since I'm not heating my high tunnel, like, I mean, our winters, like, here, it was pretty cold this winter, so we had, like, a good 15-degree winters, which, not like yours, but but they're still cold. But my, like, even my, my zip grows and my deep water culture, like, icicles in 12 inches of ice because I wasn't heating them. So, so right now, I'm just, like, waiting the spring to come in and warm up, and I'm just, like, more growing during the summer. So next year, I plan to just grow year-round, but just with soil. Because it's just like it's more or less like a profitability thing, and um, I just felt like hydroponics for me is great if I'm not heating anything during the summer and spring and into the fall. But when the winter comes, I can keep growing just in the soil during that small. It's it's really like a four month period. It's a mild winter, but it's still a winter in my, in my opinion. Absolutely, and it'll it'll interrupt your farm work for sure. <laughs> Well, maybe we can convince you at some point in the future to do another crowdfunding campaign and get yourself some heat in those. Well, I plan to in, in the future to do something else because I, I learned so much this time. So I learned also, and now this is advice. Okay, here's a little thing of advice. What I, what I really like, um, I learned from mine and watching others. The less you ask for, the more you're going to get. It sounds kind of crazy, but um, I almost believe if I only would have went for two or $3,000, I would have gotten more than $10,000. I really feel this. But um, but when you have such a high number and people are like, oh, he'll, you know, I don't need to like pledge. I think more people would be willing to pledge. But I just, and it also depends if, if you're a farm again, it's like you're more local. But if you, if you're like an upstart farmer and there's something like you can package and deliver nationally or globally. So even if you like just grow herbs, dried herbs, and then you're gonna like do all these dried herbs and deliver out, like you could probably go for a much bigger budget in on Kickstarter. My like my rewards more I really was trying to hit like local, local, local. And that was my biggest like downfall I would say. Was really just trying to go for like the central Virginia market. Whereas if I would have like tried to do like say dried herb packs or just even like uh mason jar pesto sauce something like that that i could like try to create over the summer and i feel like i could have sold so much more on kickstarter or any like platform because people really want something they can ship like anywhere so i would say like the more national or global you are the better and you could go for like a small number and you could end up getting way more people to back you and i wanted for me like success i wanted more um small backers i wanted like the big backers but i really wanted like 500 or 1,000 people to back me with a dollar or $5. Uh, to me, that would have been more powerful than like a lot of people backing me at around, it was the average was like 50 to like $75 was my average back. Great, interesting. Is there anything else that you wanna share with Upstart Farmers who are considering crowdfunding? If you uh, go to my website, I have um, 
all my like sources and like statistics if you'd like to see what I pay for to market my Kickstarter campaign um, and like what I used. Um, you can just see, I mean, you can read about um, a dialogue I, I, I put up on my site. It, it's just like crowdfunding project for the vaformer.com if you just see it. Then you can like, you can actually see what I what I put into my campaign, like hours and money and a budget. I actually have an Excel, um, Excel sheet of a breakdown of all my costs and, and profit. And I think people should really look at that because when I was reading articles, a lot of people that do any kind of crowdfunding, they don't actually like realize their expenses that they have to pay for and the rewards and how they add up. So when I went into it, I had a budget and I knew like it was going to take 30 to 40% of my, my actual funds. So you raise 10,000, but you only take, like I only took 6,500 out of that. So I would have liked to take a higher number of that, but I'm just happy to be, I'm just happy that it was funded and I, and I got through it. Yeah, that is a fantastic resource for um, anybody out there. So will you tell us one more time, Paul, how people can find you and get in contact with you? If you just go um, to my site, the VA Farmer, it's like Virginia, vafarmer.com. And uh, if you click on more, you'll see right there, it'll say like crowdfunding project data. And I have like, they're just Google Docs. They're just open share Google Docs. And, um, and you can just save it and then you can use it for your own crowdfunding campaign if you wanted to put in your own numbers to see for rewards or costs. And it'll compute the data of like telling you if it's profitable or not or how much you might expect to actually take home. So if you really need like, I mean, I knew I needed like 6500 to $7,000. That was like my goal to actually take. Um, but if you need a certain amount and you don't really budget it, you might end up becoming short. And then you have to like, you know, again, like people, all these people fundraised for you. So you, they want to see like you fulfill this project. So. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for sharing all your insights with us here. It's been great. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. And we're excited to see how you guys do in the future at uh, Virginia Vegetable Company. Great. Hi, this is Tom Deacon with Fable, located in Westchester County, New York. And I started Fable with money from a personal savings account, as well as a Kickstarter campaign. For my Kickstarter campaign, I was looking to raise $10,000 to fund a greenhouse and some zip row towers. And through contacting local newspaper publications, putting out flyers at grocery stores and gyms, um, we managed to raise the money through Kickstarter. I'm Hank Thornberg with Lancaster Farms. Our Upstart Farm is an expansion of our wholesale nursery. So funding kind of came through our existing business. We did a kind of a small pilot project. Bosses liked it and gave us a little cash to scale it up. Chris, tell us more about um, what tips and what action items Upstart Farmers can be doing uh, to help ensure that they're having a successful campaign. Yeah, so you need to make sure that you're getting social, and that that means just being on some type of social media platform. Um, and just like anything else, you want to make sure you're on there before the campaign launches. So start to create a fan base. Um, we'd probably recommend Facebook and Google Plus is kind of the two primary ones for local social media. And just make sure that you're getting on there and expressing kind of the vision. So you're creating that vision and kind of starting a conversation for people in the community to take up the vision as their own and start to talk about it, which is really powerful. And the other thing you need to do before you launch your campaign is make sure you're actually growing something, right? Um, you kind of have to show them the vision, paint the picture of the possibilities. If it's a couple towers or if it's 50 towers, you know, make sure you're kind of showing what's possible with the vertical farming technique that we're using. Just make sure that this can be 
clearly seen, I guess, and people are going to really understand it if they can see it a lot better. So during the project, um, it's really important that you're staying as agile as possible. So um, you want to make sure that if you, this is kind of your only funding source, you need to dedicate every single moment of the day to it, right? Um, you should be focused on building exposure, expanding your reach, and then just make sh making sure that you're, you know, you're not afraid to try new things to kind of break down some of the barriers of communication. Uh, if you need to refilm videos or re-edit text components of the Kickstarter campaign uh, funding page, you need to make sure you're doing that. Just stay agile. Don't uh, don't think that just because you publish it once, it's set in stone. You can't change it as as the as the campaign goes on. And the other things I would say is like make sure you're getting enough social proof too. So if, if you have some early backers, you know maybe do an interview update with them and say you know why did you decide to back this idea, um, and then how do you think this is going to affect you or your business or your restaurant or whatever you know whoever your partners are once you get everything kind of on the ground. And then those updates are really important too. So Paul Meyer did a great job of this, giving updates every couple of days throughout the, his entire campaign. He would just kind of say, hey, this is what I'm doing at my farm today. You know, today we re-roof the entire chicken coop. Um, just kind of small things to, you know, lift up the veil, show a little more transparency, and really be kind of true to the, what the Arpstar farmers stand for in that regard. So even uh, with all of these tips, you know, there's still some crowdfunding campaigns out there that haven't been successful. So what are some common mistakes that crowdfunders make and how can they be avoided? Right. There are a lot of mistakes out there and we've, you know, we're guilty of a lot of them ourselves. Probably the, the one that we're most guilty of is not paying attention to the calendar, right? So when we, when we launched our Kickstarter campaign, it was right before Christmas. And you have to think about it. People are in the shopping mindset, sure, but they actually want something tangible as soon as they give someone their credit card information, right? Um, our Kickstarter campaign launched, and we're basically asking someone to shell out a couple hundred bucks for something they're not going to get back for a couple months. So it's it's not exactly the great greatest uh, shopping, like holiday shopping uh, idea. The other one is, I guess, just kind of treating it as a donation, right? It's not a gift. People aren't crowdfunding you to just do it for charity. There are other websites that do that. That's not the idea of Kickstarter. Kickstarter is a value for value exchange. So you're showing them the vision of what's possible and showing them what you can get them in return. So it's answering the what's in it for me question um, at every step of the line and just understanding that it's not a donation. Another big mistake I see is just not planning ahead. So not taking the iceberg approach and kind of operating on the mindset of if you build it, they will come, or if you build it, they will crowdfund it. That's complete. <laughs> that's complete bullshit, right? Um, uh, you need to pay attention to that and make sure that you're you're saying that you know, if I build it, how am I going to tell people about it? And that's that's really important. You need to be able to sell the vision um, through every piece of media you're creating. So whether it's a video, um, or whether it's just calling people in your community, um, you need to realize that if this is your career choice or if this is your only source of funding that you're a marketer now and you have to be able to tell your story. And then the last two are just you know relying too much on social. Um, it's not just because it is a place for you to kind of post updates um, and get the conversation going. It's not a place where you can just spam people three times a day on Facebook and expect your campaign to be funded. Um, that's just not going to happen. And then the other one is just uh, creating too many rewards. So make sure that you're you're uh, picking your rewards wisely and making them fairly simple, straightforward, but really compelling at the same time. You don't want no, you don't want a whole you know 27 rewards and making it all complicated. People won't 
they won't track with the idea and it just uh, gives you a lower chance of success. Well, great. Thanks, Chris. And uh, keep an eye out on the Vertical Food blog for more from Chris on crowdfunding. As you can see, there's a lot of different elements to a crowdfunding campaign here. And we'll be uh, excited to bring you more information and more helpful resources here in the future. Crowdfunding is an excellent option for upstart farmers looking to raise capital for their growing farms without going into debt or giving up equity. However, that doesn't mean that crowdfunding is without its challenges or without a lot of effort and work on the side of the upstart farmer. This has been Crowdfunding and Upstart Farm on Upstart Farmers Radio. Check out radio.upstartfarmers.com for more information on this episode and to learn more about the Upstart Farmers.